This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, um, so once again before Yontiv, I want to do a piece from Orgadal Yohu this time. I've, we've done it a few times before, different pieces. Um, it's Rabbi Dalia Shaw who was... I guess the first American-born Godel. Um, he learned in Tavadas. He was a Godel in learning and in Machshav, Chsidus. Passed away about 1980 or so. His children are in different places and different uh, roles of uh, Rabbonim, Rashivas, etc. This is a piece on Rosh Hashanah. Um, it's the first one is the one that says that base, the, the one, the one side, and then uh, the, the, the flip side. So he brings the Gemara in Chulin. The Gemara says, "Kol masabreshis b'koymosan nivru, ledaita nivru." So the Gemara says everything that was created in Breshis was fully developed, and ledaita nivru, which would translate, they agreed to be created. So b'koymosan nivru, we understand means that. Things had their final format, at least ingrained in them. If Hakadosh Baruch Hu wanted trees, then however it is that they came, that they started, but there was already the plan for a for a tree. That that's easily understood. Ladaita Nivru, um, they were created willingly. Um, so Rashi says, Rashi, They were told that they would be created, and they agreed to it. Now, that's almost, I mean, a paradox is maybe a light, and in, 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 that's easy on that. I mean, how could you, forget about everything else, how could you know before you're created that you're going to be created and you're happy with the idea. It, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. How does something know before? That's obvious. And, and it's, it's, it's sort of a, a, um, it's a circle. What does it mean? Vabir bazer she'af shaloi nivru adayin nivru They had not been created yet. So what does it mean they were willingly created? So let's talk about this. Let's, let's just explain what he means over here. Everything that was created was created with a sense of being conscious, aware of what you are, happy with what you are, wanting to be what you are. In other words, the word das in Hebrew is a very complex word. It doesn't mean knowledge, certainly not information. Das can mean consciousness, awareness, self-awareness. All those words fit into das. It means that everything felt an identity. I am what I am, and I'm comfortable with what I am. So sometimes we're jealous with somebody else, what somebody else has, but at the end of the day, um, everything has a sense of self, and that is what it was created with. 
Um, and so too, Kamoikim Bebrias Adam Beishin Nivra Shavipa Pavav Nishmas Chaim. I want to discuss this a little more at length because there's really another piece here that, that he's, he, he doesn't speak out, and I think it's important. We said that everything is created with a sense of self, with identity, and that's the Pshat Bedaita Nivru. It goes a step further than that. Um, everything that is living is, it lives with the strongest urge to persist and to keep living and to survive. The desire to survive is the core desire of a person. So when something is living, as opposed to something that's inanimate, something that's inanimate has no um, sense of survival, has no sense of anything actually, it, it doesn't seek to survive, it, it, it is and is at the mercy of everything um, batting it about. When something is living, so living is the, 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 the core definition of living is something is engaged in an active process to keep its existence going. Iraq is not engaged in anything active, and the word existence is really depends on everything around it. An ant or a leaf is constantly engaged in activity. Um, certainly, at this, at the, even, even a leaf at the cellular level, it's constant in constant flow and constant flux to enable its own survival. So if we're to ask ourselves, what is life? Life is the desire and the ongoing activity to keep one's self um, existing. That is a definition of life that fits every living being in the world. So when HaKadosh Baruch created everything with, with a ledaita um, nivru, it means not only everything is okay with how it is, but anything living is driven to keep itself going and to be what it is. That's true about every living being. What about man? Um, this is a Zohar, which is quoted, it's interesting, it's quoted both by the Balatanya and the Nefesh HaChaim was the Vilna Gaon's um, biggest Talmud, and they both quote it, and it's actually, we don't have the source for it in the Zohar. It's, there are statements like it. It's, it's fascinating that they both quote it, and it's not, we don't have it. But at any rate, it's a very, very famous statement. And it means, let's think about it. Everything, man's biological living condition is not different than any animal's living condition. So, you know, depending on, on, on what order you go and depending on, on where in the, in, in the ladder of, of, of creatures we are, there's breathing, there's circulation, there's cellular movement, and so on. Everything that you would have anywhere, we have as well. So the, the word life, as it's associated 
with our biological life is not different than animal life. And you wouldn't need a special act of creation for that. Um, you have animals being created, and in so much as man is an animal, then that's part of it. About man, it says a very special act of creation. He formed his body, and then Akarish Baruch Hu breathed into his um, nostrils um, a breath of life. So the, um, the, the Zohar that he's quoting, it says that whenever a person breathes something, it is of his self. In other words, when I touch something, so part of me touches it. Breathing is something where it's almost my core sense, my core essence, so to speak, is coming out, and I'm infusing it to somebody. So when it says that God did that act to man, that God breathed life into man, it means that something was given to man that we can call essence of God. So on the physical, biological level, on the physiological level of a person, our, our living mechanism is not different than any animal. And, and, and that's not what we're talking about. That's not this type of life. There's nothing, it's that type of life is a divine act. But, it, but there's nothing about it where I can say core, uh, something core of God is given to us. If we're, to say, if, we're to, if we're to say that man has another dimension of life that's not associated with animals, it would have to be the sense of tov and ra, moral, um, good and bad, the sense to be able to sense it, to be able to want it, and so on. All of that is the dimension of life that we have, the animal doesn't have. So anything that's physical, survival, and, and even, even low um, uh, emotional contact, a, an emotional level that a, that a dog would have, that's a simple emotion given, God-given to, 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 to certain living creatures. That's not, the, that's not that dimension that is unique to man. What's unique to man is going to be something that we're going to, de- we're going to term it godlike of god's essence the, the god's essence to us is tov and ra when the when the snake who was a good salesman i guess snake oil salesmen are getting revenge on this on the snake that was the first snake oil salesman um, when he came and made a pitch to adam the pitch was you're going to be like god you will understand good from bad it's going to become instinctive to you in a way that you'll be godlike. So if we can ask ourselves the one aspect of ours that's not physical, that transcends the physical world, not only because it's conceptual, but it's also does, it deals with, 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 with truths and ideas that are beyond the physical world, is good and bad. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a life force that is, um, contains some of, of that essence. So he says, Chazal man So Chazal tell us, so it's not a Zohar, it's a Sefer that 
when somebody breathes, he breathes out something of himself. Nivro imarotzen lezeachius amiti so let's explain um, this point over here. So it means really we have two systems in us. We, we do have the, the type of life force that every, every living animal has. And we have something else also. We can use it, it's, it's like sometimes... Uh, I, you have many types of devices where um, it can work on one of two systems, 120 or 220 volts. It can work on 5G or 4G. It can work on this or that. And you switch. You can put it on, if, on the better mode if you have whatever it is, or you put it on the weaker mode if, if, you, if you don't have that. Whatever, there are many things like that where you have something can work in two modes, and you chose you choose which mode you wanted to work on. That's our most basic choice of life. And and let's understand, we can survive and be driven to 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 live for the things that are pleasant and pleasurable. So a person's a person's. A cycle of life revolves around what he enjoys eating, what he enjoys doing, and so on. And, he, and, and the fact that he has another type of, of life in him, it, that switches off. It's switched on to um, body mode. And it's a life because we can. We have pleasure and we have drives and we're driven to get these pleasures. And that becomes an entire life. That's one setting. A second setting is a very different type of life that, that our life would center around the Vyipapapov. And that means that we're driven to want it. We're driven to feel that survival for us as a human being depends on, on, on living it. And everything that's true about life on a, on a physical level would, uh, the, the mechanism is true about this mechanism. They include, it includes a pleasure slash pain center. It includes a, um, a drive to attain that. It includes a sense of self that identifies with it. So a person's sense of self can identify with a bottle of wine and which wine and what wine and, and so on. And he can identify with, with the good life or a person's sense of self can identify with something else. Two systems parallel, very similar in, in the dynamics of it and how it works, and yet two different worlds. One is a word, Chaim, as associated with a Balchai, a physiological um, living, and one is living of a very different type. So he says, so if HaKadosh Baruch gave us that, So we, we, um, we have in ourselves that, that life, that Neshama HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us that type of life to, um, so that we, that becomes who we are and what we are. Nefesh 
So he teaches the Pasik, Nefesh Chaya means uh, uh, um, someone who desires the life. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us this type of life, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us pleasure center, drives to want that. That's how we're set up. Next paragraph. So we have Rosh Hashanah and we have Yom Kippur. And it's, you know, for us it's a blur because I said it's made tshuva. It's all about um, regretting the bad we did, trying to do better, and so on. But really it's two stages. Yom Kippur, we worry about details. Rosh Hashanah, we're trying to figure out which mode we're in. In, on Rosh Hashanah, we need to figure out who we are. This, the, the, the first thing HaKadosh Baruch Hu did when he, when he placed a being into this world is Midaita Nifru. He gave them the sense of self. So animals, just, they don't have choices. They just have a sense of self and everything flows from that. We have, our first choice is who we are. What's our mode? And it says, it means Rosh Hashanah. The Sfarim Medrash says in a few places, also in a few places, that many times when the word Hayom, the day, today, this day, it refers to Rosh Hashanah. So when it says, So Hayom would be referring to Rosh Hashanah. Next page. So the whole concept of choosing life, means, if we learn the Psukim very casually, it means like this. Hashem has set up mitzvahs and averis. If you do mitzvahs, you get good things going. If you do averis, there's punishment. One is, one, the, the best thing HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives is life. The, the worst thing is death. If you do mitzvahs, you're going to get life and so on. That's sort of how we look at it. No. Bacharta Bachayim means to choose a certain type of life. And that's why he says, What is that Chaim? To recognize that your sense of attachment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is what your life is. Chaim shall dveikos v'ashem zvach zenek rachayim. O bechaim kazeh k'tzorech adam livchar. So the, 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 our most basic choice that we have is not what we do, but who we are. Because there's two of us. We have two modes that we operate on. And deciding which one, means to choose that mode of life. And we'll explain in a minute why that mode of life is called life as compared to the other one. Um, is, is the choice that a person should make. So, so, so the fundamental Bechira, which is especially relevant to the first day of, of Rosh Hashanah, is, is a life that is going, it's, it's a choice of who we are before we choose what we do. That's one. 
But why is this called life? I mean, right now, until now, we've presented a choice. We have, you know, you can choose mode A, you can choose mode B, you can choose manual, you can choose automatic. What's the problem? In other words, this, why would we call one Chaim and Mavis? You have a choice of this type of life, that type of life. In what sense do we distinguish and call this Chaim, so to speak, with a capital Ches, and this Chaim not like that? So he doesn't talk about this, and again, I'd, I'd like to try to, to explain it. Anything that's living, the difference between the living and the, and the inanimate is motion. Anything that's living is in constant motion. Um, certainly, again, at the uh, uh, intracellular level, uh, you, know, you don't have to walk around, you can, you can be sleeping, but there's tons of activities going on in the body. And, and even, you know, even things that are hibernating, something there at, at, a, at, a, at a very low level is, is doing, it, it's there, it's active, it's potentially active and so on. So life is something that is defined by mo- motion, movement, and, um, and that's how halachically, that's why halachically um, breathing and to a smaller degree heartbeat is the halachic definition of life. Even though technically, um, if, if the mind is, is, is you know, at, at some point, if the mind is severed, halachically, that motion stops being called life. But, but, but the main, the main um, description of, of living is, is physical, an activity at its lowest level. So anything that's in that motion is called living. What about something that is moving but that movement is going to wind down and come to a stop. Like, the, like um, again, there's a halachic definition of something called mefarches, which means when you shecht an animal, there might be some movement, but that movement is considered to be halachically not, of no consequence because the animal is dead. That, that involuntary motion is going to come to a stop. It, it's... It has some movement left to it, but it's not moving. It's not going anywhere. So any type of motion that will come to a stop, finish, and that's it, then that's halachically um, not considered life. And, in, and, in, and, and when we're defining terms, absolute terms, life really should be forever. Man was created to live forever. It's not, it wasn't an extra gift, but life in its real sense is forever. It, it's really one of the puzzles that scientists try to work on is why don't we live forever? I mean, the body has a mechanism to keep replacing itself, to keep healing itself, to keep taking care of itself. So we can understand an occasional accident. But, but why, why is the body um, having, you know, it, it, it comes to an end? You know, there, there, there are a lot of explanations, but it's something that it's counterintuitive. If you have a system that's self-correcting, self-motivating, and doing everything, take care of itself, imagine a computer that would check in every so often and replace parts. One would wonder if, if it would ever come to a stop, maybe an accident or something, but if it keeps replacing its parts in time, then why would it come to a stop? And the answer is correct. Um, life was meant to be forever, and death is a punishment. But 
if we think about life in terms of what drives us, what motivates us, what keeps us going, I mean life in the sense of more what I get up in the morning for, what am I looking forward to, what am I living for. So there are many physical things that push us, but they all begin to peter out. The nature of physical things are there's a limitation, and there's a limit to how much, and, and, and it reflects itself in the limit of how much am I interested in it, how much do I want it. It's not self-sustaining because it's a limited world of things that have limits in time and in scope, and that's it. And a person is spent. I'm talking about emotionally. I'm talking internally, and that's it. The only thing that has the possibility of being eternal is ruchnius, because that is eternal. Physical things will always come to an end because the nature of physical things is they're limited and bound, and that's it. The only thing that we have an awareness of that doesn't have limitation, that's not something that is, is, is um, defined and confined in, in, in a certain area, in, in, in time and in place, is a ruchnistic world. So for to ask ourselves, this is Chaim, this is Chaim. Now, if you, if, you, if you want to say what is Chaim in the most absolute sense of the word, something that can keep on going and has no reason to stop, I would have to say it's the type of Chaim that belongs to a person. It's, 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 it's something that is of a nature that's eternal and not given to, 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 you know, to be spent and, and, and finished. So he says, let's see inside. A person has to choose that life. It's possible that a person lives a life which peters out. The Torah says, choose life. Choose life that is life in the, in the essential meaning of the word. Every year the world gets recreated. So the first choice that, that Adam was given was between life and death. Now, nobody chooses death willingly. But, but there, are, there is a life that looks like life, it, and, and it seems as if it's kind of, it's, it's full of life and energy, but, but it's not. It's, it's, it's like a battery. It's going gonna, it's gonna to drain itself of the energy, and it's going to go dead. So every year, we remake that choice again of life which is self-perpetuating, because that's its nature, to a life that, to, that seems bouncy and full of, of, of fun, but it, it just peters out. So every year, the first choice we make is, are we going to live in an essential way of living? That 
So when it says Ubacharta Bachayim, Rashi says it means God is advising us what to choose. Like a father who tells his child, um, choose a good piece. I want to explain this Rashi also. It's a marshal. What's the marshal? Like a father tells his son, choose a good piece. So, under normal circumstances, no one can tell me what to choose. If, if I like vanilla and I'm standing by the counter and someone says, no, you should take chocolate, that's crazy. I mean, choosing by definition means um, choosing what I want. So you like chocolate, that's wonderful. I like vanilla. So, so what does it mean you're telling me what to choose? On the other hand, when someone else comes and tells me what to choose, another, so I, th- I, I think that he has an angle that he's trying to sell me something, and that's another angle where, where, where another person might possibly try to convince me that I'd rather have this over that. Let's say a father is telling a child. So we have father telling a child, this is what you ought to do. Now, what is his motive? I mean, you like this, he likes that. The answer is, as a child, I have the thing that seems to be what I want. I'd rather just hang out and not study. Or, and then there's the part of him that will someday come into full bloom and is going to be who the person really is. And as a father, what I'm trying to tell my child is, this. yes, I want you to have what you want, but right now you want to hang around the pizza shop, but someday you'll want to be a doctor, or you want to be this or that. Let me tap into what you really want. A a, a father who really intends for his child's well-being, what he's trying to do is, a parent is trying to impose their own, I would like to have my son the this, that, the other one, that's not good. But usually what, what a father is trying to tell the child is, there are two yous. There's the you that you think you are, and right now you want to fool around and just do not much. But there's a part of you that's soon going to come into bloom and is going to want something, and that's who you really are. So the guide of a father to a child is not what the father wants, but the sense of what the child really is and, and what he wants. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not telling us to make a choice that we don't want. I know that you very much want the tray for stuff, but I want you to eat the glad kosher stuff. If that would be a situation, then we're being pushed and forced to do something we, we really don't want. That's not what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling us, right now you want this. But there's a part of you waiting to be unlocked that wants something else. And that other person is really the permanent person. This person comes and goes, just like the child. This is going to pass. In another five years, you, 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 you'll be a different person. And, and this is who you're going to be for the rest of your life. So the commandment of a heart of a chayim is to choose the type of life that is real. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is standing us over us and, and telling us what to do. So, so why is it called choose? If someone tells us what to do, the answer is there's two choices, there are two yous. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is helping direct the you that will make the choice of eternity versus the you that's stuck with whatever is at the particular moment.
Um, let's see one more paragraph. So, so Eitzachayim is something that a person is, um, it, it, it has in itself the ability of living forever, which is true life. Whatever it is that Eitzachayim represents, it's something that has in itself a sense of life in, in the fullness of it. In the Eitz Hadas Tovara, I'm going, to, I'm going to say it outside what he says. I just need to be a little quicker. Um, the Eitz Hadas Tovara, the problem was as follows. Let's, t- let's, let's, t- let's understand what was before Eitz Hadas and what was after Eitz Hadas. Imagine somebody is offered, God forbid, drugs. So before a person has ever taken it, there's no internal drive for it. There's no internal cheshek um, for it. Um, he's heard from a lot of people. It's fun. It's great. There's peer pressure. Wh- whatever it is. There's an outside. Um, someone's inciting him from the outside to do something. Once a person has tasted it, that becomes another piece that drives in him. So any, any type of thing we've done, smoking, drinking, anything like that, it becomes part of your drives of what it is that you want to live for, what it is you want to do, what it is that, that you're trying to, to, to get. So Eitzachayim was a, a type of life where the only thing that drove you was tov. You had the choice to go and to take something else, but it wasn't an internal yearning fit. It wasn't an internal drive the way a drive for something bad once you've tasted it. Once Adam tasted from Eitz Adas Tovara, there's always a part of him that hankers for Ra. Always a part of him that still has the taste of rebellion. Whatever it is, it's in him. So the, 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 each year as we get recreated, so to speak, we are being recreated and given the same choice year by year of who we are and what we are. I want to, I want to talk a little bit about this. Um, he, he then goes on with Rabbeinu Yoyin. We don't have the time to... Rabbeinu Yoyin speaks about or Bacha, or that there's a mitzvah of Bechar to Bechayim. It's, it's a mitzvah. It's not just advice. But I, I want to address a, a core point over here. We keep talking Rosh Hashanah about accepting God's dominion, Malchias. And, 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 the, and the, the terrifying aspects of Yom Adin and, and the, the Malachim Asked. There's a lot of the, uh, of the context of the davening and, and so on that seems to be focused on uh, how terrible, terrifying, etc. The problem with that is, so it, it, it almost ends up as if the real us are people... That, that are physical, driven by physical drives, want to enjoy life, and God has imposed himself against our will. And okay, it's his prerogative. He created us, and he made us, and he's the king of the world, and he can punish us, and so on. But it all comes with that type of attitude. Um, so besides the fact that it's not terribly effective, worse than that is, it's not even the key to what it's supposed to be. Because um, Akadosh Baruch Hu wants us ubacharta, 
Bacharta doesn't just mean like choosing any meaning, you know, this or that. Bacharta is something um, we call the Amanifcher, we're the chosen by Hashem. It implies that this is the core of what you want. So, O Bacharta Bechayim is, 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 the, is the mitzvah that comes around year after year. It, 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 it's always relevant, but, but, but it expresses almost strongly on, on Rosh Hashanah, means that, that it's, we should choose it as an understanding that this is life. Um, it, it, it means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to choose and become the person that we really are. So just like for the child, there's a process for him. He doesn't understand the real him. He sees it with the eyes of a, of a, of a 12-year-old, of a 15-year-old, he doesn't, and he thinks this is him. But we know very well that there's another him, and we have a fairly good idea of what that him or her wants. The, the, the um, Akadosh Baruch Hu tells us you have two modes of life locked in. And your first choice is which one? It takes a while and a lot of thinking to move from one mode to the other mode. I mean, we're physical beings. Prima facie, our, our first approach to things is physical, and it's the easiest pleasure, and, and, and it takes quite a bit of drawing back, thinking, and, and beginning to attract it. In, it's interesting, in, in, a, um, in, in yeshivas, not litvish yeshivas, um, learning was always sort of um, given with a stick. You have to do it. It was reinforced once upon a time with a stick, but even the, even the words were, were, were sharp words. In, in the Litvish yeshivas, the approach was that the boys should enjoy the learning, to get a geschmack in learning. So, A, it, it, is, it is obviously a lot more effective when people are willing partners than, than when you're forcing them, that's obvious. But more than that, you connect to it in a way that it becomes you only through pleasure, only through the sense of finding yourself in it. It cannot, you can be forced to do things, but you can't be forced to become someone you're not. But there is, there, we are someone, there's a part of us that we're not realized yet, and only by thinking about it, by contemplating and, and mulling over it, understanding it, then we, um, we get to it. So one mode of contemplating is thinking about, thinking what it means to be a good person, a giving person, a caring person, a, a, a disciplined person, a thinking person, all of those things, a humble person. The more we think and learn about it and, and, and so on, it becomes something that begins to resonate. Uh, you know, after all, the, after all the dust clears off us and after all the grime, it, we, it does begin to resonate. The, also, this contemplation that he, that he says over here is nothing in life will really ever become permanently life-giving. And I'm talking about life-giving, I mean to make you feel, to make you want to get up in the morning, wanting to do something, wanting to, to, to feel that urge that you're living. You tire of everything because that's the nature of, 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 of physical things. They're limited, and, and they cannot give you, and therefore it's not life, and life in the sense of what's driving me, what's pushing me, what am I looking forward? 
the one thing that a Ruchnistika world is an unlimited world. And we might waver sometimes, and, and because we're physical beings, we don't always stick to it. But at but Lemaisa, it's, it's, it's a world that is eternity. The eternity of Olam Haba is, is because by its nature, Ruchnius is eternal. This world is a mishmash. It's a physical world with spiritual values locked into it, but we don't have something like that, so we don't understand it. But Ruchnius is eternal world. So, if we daven Rosh Hashanah, Zachayin Lechayim, Chayim is the thing we, we primarily daven for. So, we're not, it, 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 we're not davening, we don't daven for any details of our, of our physical life on Rosh Hashanah. It's not, that's, it, none of the Shemana Esther, nothing's constructed around it. Chayim is the only thing. And, and, and the reason is because on the day when man is created, the Ledaita Nivru is the piece that has to kick in. We need to become aware of ourselves and, and the self that we are happy with, comfortable with, that's our self. Akash Baruch Hu says, as a human being, you have two selves to choose from. And you can snap into either one. They both look equal at the, from the get-go. The difference is which one peters out and which one becomes a real Chaim. Those are the values that were mispalled, that give us the, um, the sense of what real Chaim is. Those, those things that, that, those drives, those aspirations, th- th- that world that is an eternal world. And Be'ez Hashem, if in as much as that becomes our Chaim, the V'chayla Olam is, is, is reality. Those are values and things that can keep us going for Nitzchias. Shabbat Be'ez Hashem. Uh, we should have what we need to fulfill uh, our task and we should, and we should have the understanding um, the awareness, the consciousness of who we are, what we are and, and what the Chaim the Chaim is all about Picture. Sorry. One more time. Hi. Yeah, looks like we do. So if we could just ask.